Hello, breadheads. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, breadheads. The red light is blinking in the booth, and we are recording live from not Subway. I'm from. I'm in my car. Where are you, Eric? <laughs> oh, I'm in the studio as always, Ty. And um, I miss this, Ty. It's been a week, maybe over a week. It's been a week and a half since we last linked and built over a foot long. How are you doing? I'm doing so good. It's so fresh to talk to you on St. Uh, Veggie Patty's Day. Everyone is out there celebrating all the breadheads, getting extra lettuce and extra spinny on their sandwich today. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, they're uh, offering the green bread at the subway these days. Um, kind of looks a little bit, you know, torched, but it's better than green beer, I'll tell you that much. Damn, I'm going to go try to find a green beer tonight. I've never had one. I've only had brown beer and a little bit of orange beer. And I like that beer stays in the natural tone category. I would consider Mm -hmm. green to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a fall offering um, at at, uh, Starbucks. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like brown, a lot of browns and oranges playing into the color palette. Um, I had a brown beer today, Ty. It looked like a Mm Coca-Cola. And it tasted like one too. It was very delicious. I was very happy with it. It's kind of like a Guinness, was it an but am- on the lighter amber side. Amber ale, a brown ale. It was a brown ale. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't all beer technically an ale? I I think so. So it's I love brown ales, Eric, because they just have this eight like they have. I feel like they have been protected from the craft beer renaissance. They don't get any attention. Nobody likes them. They taste pretty good, mm. but they, they're kind of a sleeper, you know? Mm. Yeah, you're right. Brown ales, are, they've like somehow escaped the whole uh, like stand culture around beer because like every other beer has like a persona attached to it. Like you have the mm. IPA guy, the lager loser. <laughs> Um, you get the Pilsner, Pilsner one as well. Like, I'm just thinking about like dudes who are obsessed with Pilsners. <laughs> like that's totally yeah. a, a vibe. Yeah. Pilsners dudes are some of the worst beer drinkers. They're obsessed with getting head, you know? And I, <laughs> I don't know what's <laughs> up with that. Pilsners. That's more of like a Guinness thing, isn't it? Like getting a nice head on a beer. Cause the, the, the head is like, it's like a long neck type of vibe. Right. I think with Pilsner guys, it's actually about getting no head. They strive to get no <laughs> head on their beer. So they do the slow pours, right? So that there's no mm-hmm. CO2, so that there's no head. And that's the ideal situation for a Pilsner poppy. Mm-hmm. But Pilsner a brown poppy. ale, Eric, a brown ale is like, I think of an old man when I think of a brown ale. He's sad. He's drinking alone. He's at a bar, but he has no one to socialize with. And he consistently mm-hmm. orders the brown ale. Mm-hmm. I think the brown ale or any kind of like dark beer is the final frontier for anyone who is a beer enjoyer. Because like, mm-hmm. remember when you were a kid and you had your first beer and you were like, this is nasty. I don't know. I can't believe adults drink this shit. And then like you start drinking lagers, like, you know, the Budweiser's of the world, the Bud Lights. Mm-hmm. And eventually you're like, whoa, what the hell is this IPA business? And then you have this, but I like, what the fuck? This is nasty. And then eventually you start to like it. So everything is kind of like an acquired taste. There's like an acquired taste spectrum. And I think mm-hmm. dark beer is like at the very end. 
Because, like, I've always mm-hmm. hated Guinness until I started, like, growing pubes. And then I was like, oh, fuck, Guinness is awesome. <laughs> Dude, totally. It's like once you go black, you never go back. <laughs> Quite literally, Ty. It's the blackest beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, brown ale, though, has... It sits at the very fine. It's like the final boss of beer drinking, where you almost regress to a, a simple beer. And millennials don't like brown beer because millennials don't want to eat or drink anything that's just named after a color. It's not aspirational enough. And brown is the least aspirational color. Mm. Like if it was a rose beer, they would be all over it. I certainly would be. <laughs> yeah, fro- a rose offering as well could be. A little bit more enticing yeah i'm with you but anyways this this brown beer was a great lunch beer as well i think um i think like lunch beer is like something i want to tap into more you know what i mean something i used to do quite a lot um specific but specifically like dark guinness types of beers mm-hmm. i don't know if this is a well-known fact but my dad told me it so i believe it he said that like mm. back in the day when you know people didn't have a lot of money to spend on both lunch and a beer they would drink guinness because it's kind of like both it like fills you up in like a lunch kind of way <laughs> mm, that makes a lot of sense it's pretty it thick does. and it's a low percenty too so you don't you don't get too buzzed mm-hmm. yeah, which means you can bad. still drive a bad. forklift or uh like operate a crane <laughs> yeah you can do most things you can drive home from the irish pub like a lot, a lot of machinery <laughs> handling can happen yeah. after any amount of guinness damn well wow. that's awesome i've been having a lot of lunch beers lately because uh for the same reason that i've been missing so many podcasting episodes <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> no, we gotta address I'm... um we gotta address how i saved ty from the cartels <laughs> yes my uh lunch beers and <laughs> podcasts misses is not due to rehab it's actually due to vacation um mm-hmm. and uh, a digital rehab of sorts oh in a, in a ways yeah i had many a cerveza <laughs> in mexico this week eric uh and those are very light they're very crushable so it's mm-hmm. almost encouraged to drink more of them because you don't want to get like a like a heat headache Mm-hmm. You don't want to over-toast yourself in the sun. you got to stay hydrated. And the only way to do that with is with a, a Modelo or a Tecate. Mm-hmm. Or a Borg. <laughs> or a Borg. Yeah, we, we should talk about Borg a little bit here. <laughs> it is a green drink, technically. <laughs> will you be is downing it? Borg tonight? <laughs> I will be Borging something uh, this weekend. I don't know what it will be. But, yeah, the drink itself sounds pretty enticing. Um but I don't want to. I don't want to get off of this beer topic just yet. <laughs> okay, we'll come back to Borg. We'll circle. We're gonna Borg. circle back. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not talking about the uh, Grammy-winning musician Bjork. It's this is a different mm-hmm. uh, thing here. But mm-hmm. Ty, we we made a bet before you went on vacation that, um, well, it, it wasn't a bet. It was a competition. Who would be more effective? And you had to drink drinks i had to complete 15 minute uh increments of physical activity did you keep track this whole time you know i did king i <laughs> kept track of every drink i could remember drinking wow over the last eight days and i have a mm-hmm. number for you 
do you have a number for how many 15 minute increments of exercise <laughs> you completed? I sure did. Let me just add it up right now. I got, um, okay. I think I, I think I got it. Wait, I, I need to settle a technicality first. Are you counting the Tuesday and Wednesday that we dreamed up this bet as a part of your list? Or are you considering it from my vacation day onward? Hmm. I was initially counting all of it. And I think I want to keep it that way because I had a big day that day. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that Tuesday was a very uh, wet one. If you wanna, if you wanna speak on it, let me just think about. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, my my starts at Tuesday, so I think that was probably immediately after we made this um, competition. Fantastic. And I think we that should sounds good. Reveal this live on air for the breadheads. I would like to as well. So just so I'm clear on c currency conversion, I'm not talking about pesos. I'm gonna assign one point for every drink that I drank in the last week or so, and you're gonna give one point for every 15 minute exercise increment. Whoever has the highest amount of points wins. Do you want to reveal your tally first? I sure do. I'm just adding it up right now. One sec. <clears throat> oh, fast math. Eric's got the matrix code running through his pupils. He, okay, got he's got number. that glazed over look, the one he gets in the vegetable <laughs> section. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, mine, unfortunately, is not a increment of 12. <laughs> mm. It is going to be a partial, it'll be a decibel number there, but... Um, I had 26 increments 26. of 15 minutes. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot of exercise, Eric. You're that ripped. Is, yeah, I missed like almost a whole week. <laughs> but then uh, like halfway through vacation, I was like, I got to catch up because I already know you're probably way ahead of me and alcohol consumed. Uh, so I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, I got to start working out. So I did something every single day since then. But there was a gap between... Uh, Tuesday and Sunday where I didn't do anything. So you might have had a leg up on me on those days. Yeah, I'm still pretty impressed, though. Like, <laughs> if you did that consistently, like, I'm plowing a lot of marks, but you, you're you consistently, <laughs> that would be like 45 minutes a day. Very impressive. Thank you. You need a lot of footlongs in that time. Mm -hmm. 26. 26 points. Well, Eric, I am proud, proud to announce that <laughs> I went with -da 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 -da, 54 points. <laughs> Shit. Boom. 54 drinks, wow. baby. That's like eight drinks a day. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, you really went in. So you, you win this round, Ty. And I'm just trying to think, like, is 15 minutes equivalent to one crushable Trader Jose? <laughs> I'm not really sure if we uh, made this a fair contest because th those things run in at, like, 4%. But mm -hmm. I will tell you that the <laughs> Canadian government recommends two beers a, a week for a man of my stature. And I came in at 54. <laughs> two beers a week? Mm -hmm. what, are, like, what are they recommending? It's like just enough to make you like want to go back to work. You know what I mean? It's like just enough for you to like detach from work and then be like, okay, Monday I can go back. Is that what that mm -hmm. is? I, yeah, I think if I went down to two beers a week, I would suffer a, a greater pain than if i drink 54 every week yeah exactly that's what i'm thinking too um mm -hmm. at a certain point you need them to stay alive right <laughs> mm -hmm. especially in this economy mm -hmm. interesting ty 
now that I'm thinking about it, we should have probably done it based on percentage of alcohol. It's like, mm-hmm. if you drink a beer that is 5%, that means I have to work out for five minutes <laughs> or something. Right. Whereas, like, I had a few, like, full glasses of, like, 50% mezcal at a point or two, <laughs> you know? That shit gets up there, and it tastes bad. Mm-hmm. It tastes yeah, like second of <laughs> Yeah, the mezcal is smoky, for sure. If you um, down a glass of the cheap bottom shelf mezcal on the beach, on the beach bar, mm-hmm. the playa bar, <laughs> mm-hmm. then um, I would do an hour of, at the gym for you. I think that's pretty fair. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair too. Oh. Well, this concludes round one of the competition. I would love to inverse roles next time you hop on a jet. Mm-hmm. Except that's instead of doing exercise, I want to eat one inch of foot long for every drink oh, you drink shit. on vacation. <laughs> Wow. There's no way that you'll you'll beat me. Like that means you have to like leave your house to go to Subway and we don't even want to do that. Or it's like I actually That's genuinely true. want to go to play tennis. <laughs> can I can I give you the breakdown of what I did? Because um, it's pretty consistent. Sure, we'll entertain that for <laughs> a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. For the breadheads, Maybe. jump ahead in the timestamp three or four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so Ty, on Tuesday, I played an hour of tennis, and then I hit to the gym for 30 minutes. That was a big day. I did an hour and a half. I was like, I got to I gotta start on a good note here. Um, then from then on out, hour gym, hour hike, you know, 30-minute gym sesh, an hour of tennis. And then yesterday, I did another marathon, hour and a half of tennis. <sighs> That's it. That's six and a half hours only. That's still pretty good. I'm impressed. Yeah, I didn't move that much. I went the from dog pool, me to bed to pool to bed. <laughs> <laughs> pool to bed. Uh, and the pool's right outside. Mm-hmm. Just kind of roll into it. Mm-hmm. Roll into it. You didn't have to jump a fence to get into it. Much like when... <laughs> much like when people are immigrating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> turns out once you're already in Mexico, you don't have to jump that many fences. <laughs> Come on in. It's free. The only fences I was trying to jump was the um, jumping around the language barrier. All Because the only yeah. words I know are hola and gracias. So mm. I get it's really tired of saying hola and gracias. I know I'm, mm. I am not the champagne padre I thought I was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, well... After a few drinks, because I went to a all all inclusive not long ago, and that was my first time. And I, I think like you're there's like a constant buzz, like the entire day you're kind of just like day drunk. And mm-hmm. I end up calling people poppy that have no place being called that and probably mm. are very annoyed by it because it's all a bunch of white drunk tourists like me <laughs> calling them right, poppy. Right. And then, like, sliding a $1 bill in their pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, yeah. Other other gringos love that type of stuff, though. You know? Oh, absolutely. That's Based on the laugh they... just gave me, I know for a fact that they like it. Yeah, mm. I like it. Um, but <laughs> I, was, I, was in, I wasn't in an all-inclusive area. I was in a null-inclusive meaning I just had a condo on the beach, but I was surrounded by gringos and surrounded by the amenities of an all-inclusive 
uh, mm-hmm. resort because it was a beach town. It had a large tourism sector, but the tourism was really niche. Uh, I should reveal to you that it was a nude beach with a lot of uh, <laughs> nudists frequenting the playa. Mm-hmm. Um, and nudity attracts a certain type of tourist demographic. I'll try to explain it to you. There's only three types of three groups of people that go on vacation to a nude beach that I was able to observe in Mexico. Okay. Full Mexican families, probably coming from inland. They just want a day at the beach, but they like to be naked with their family. I think that's <laughs> weird. <laughs> French people. Uh, define family. Are we, is it like a couple <laughs> or is it like, you know, mom and dad is, or is it with the kids? Very oh, different. it's with the kids. The kids are playing in the waves. They're all they're all wrestling together in the sand. They're... Oh, it's fine. The kids. It's, it's... That doesn't even count. Mm-hmm. You don't see many <laughs> like children. Like, like, it's like four and under. They're like barely humans yet. So it's <laughs> yeah. It's abortion is still legal for some of those kids in some states. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, Fogel wouldn't be allowed near the beach, but. Like mm-hmm. for everyone else, it's fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, your your um, North American style is is showing Thai because um, I can see why the French go there. You know, what I mean, in Europe, women are topless anyway, and that's a normal beach, not even the nude beach. It's just it's a, a lot of carnitas swinging around, mm-hmm, <laughs> a lot of coconuts and mangoes and all sorts of other food shapes. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, the French love to be naked, but it wasn't Europeans there. It was specifically the French. So something about them just crave that type of environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there must be something against like tan lines over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that could be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you the see the like, coconuts, like cut out coconuts like on their chest? I did see one woman fully <laughs> naked on the beach. She had two coconuts in her hand, holding them over top of her coconuts. And she, her boyfriend was taking a photo of her by the water. I thought that was, oh, awesome. it was such an iconic moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do we know for a fact that that is her boyfriend? Because it could be very legal otherwise. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I mean, she it could be a hired hand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wonderful, Ty. Well... Sounds like you had a great time. Um, Don't you want to know any, the third uh, category? The third oh, category yes. of vacation. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, Please okay. continue. You? Old gay men. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 Amazing. So, yeah, okay. That makes a lot of sense. And how do you know they're gay? It's just two dudes fondling each other's nuts on the beach? Yeah, dude. They just, they're hanging <laughs> low. They're men, like gay men have, well, Gay men have like more toned asses than straight men, generally. So that's like a tell. Um, Why do you think that? But is also that? the holding of the hands and the kissing <laughs> is a tell. Why do you think their asses are more toned? Can you double click on that for me? What makes you say that? <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just thinking out loud, Eric. I'm mm, making some assumptions just... based off of lifestyle. Simply an observation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I did learn so much about the male anatomy this week, Eric. <laughs> and uh, there's a whole spectrum of different types of humans. I will say generally, 
general observation, the uglier you are, the more likely you're going to take your clothes off on the beach. Um, mm-hmm. Look at me. <laughs> yeah. But that doesn't necessarily correlate to like penis size. There was this one guy, I call him like Daddy Longschlong, and he was a, such <laughs> an old man. He was, he was very, I think he was pushing like 85 and he would wander, but he would, would have that big ass bat swing it. And I was like, <laughs> damn, that might be the, uh, uh, like an actual foot long. <laughs> Shit. Wow. <laughs> foot long on, on soft. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Untoasted. Holy shit. Wow. So interesting. And when you see this kind of behavior on the beach, do you think like, what is your first reaction? Like, you're like, are you like, I got to get out of here? Or do I have, I have to go, you know, find some excuse to hit the bar? Um, or are you like, you know what, maybe I'm going to partake. I'm on vacation. Let's just go to this corner so that my family doesn't see me. And just lay there with my buns out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, Eric, if you know me, there's two things I'm very fond of. One is skinny lattes, and the other is skinny dipping. But oh, I don't. I don't. It's it's. If I'm gonna be real with you, there's such a like we have such a culture of objectification, it that it's hard to uh, like de like detach sexualization from the naked form. So there's something Mm -hmm. kind of perverse about naked people because of our tendency to sexualize it. But on, after spending a week on a nude beach with people that are, have no interest of sexualizing the naked body, they just want to lay in this tan and have no tan lines on their junk or boobs. And (laughs) it like really helped me like rebuild my, I guess like relationship with human, the human form, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I think that would be better if we had more new beaches so that we could have more people like have a different type of relationship with a naked human body than just like a sexual one. And mm-hmm. I think it would generally be good for society. It would make people a lot less weird and perverse. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree um the weird thing about vancouver is like the the one nude beach here is like really secluded and it's like really difficult to get to and there's only one so it's like mm-hmm. the people who are willing to go there are like are just like, love the novelty of it and so they just like act like complete buffoons right it's like <laughs> people doing cartwheels while they're naked it's like mm-hmm. do we really need to do that it's like you're here for the attention where it's like in places like that it's like people just like hanging out it's like I don't want to be in clothing. I'm in clothing all the time. I'm in, when I go to work, I have to wear clothing. I just want to be at home on the beach, just fully nude. And it's awesome. And mm-hmm. I think just because we have like one place like that here, it's like still novel. But if you have like more than one, it begins to become more normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of like sauce in your sandwich, you know? Like <laughs> the more you... Put, sauce is like a band-aid and clothes are kind of a band-aid too clothes cover up the imperfections of our body they make us feel secure so as you strip away the sauce as you strip away the shirt and the undies there's a an aspect of like confidence and an aspect of just like comfort that one needs to have or one society needs to have to go ultimately sauce free <laughs> yeah exactly 
the less ingredients you have in your sub, the more noticeable each ingredient becomes. Mm-hmm. So that's why you really want those greenwashed spinach leaves. I had this weird thought <laughs> that <laughs> like maybe Subway's dyeing their vegetables like more colored oh. than the colors. Because sometimes you go in and you're like, oh, that's some pretty luscious green lettuce. Are they literally greenwashing them or is it fresh? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't taste fresh mm-hmm. and it's usually not fresh. But why is this mm-hmm. green? Yeah, that's a good point because customers always prioritize VOCs, vegetables of color. Um, mm-hmm. And so therefore they want the vegetables to appeal to more people. Mm-hmm. Precisely. <laughs> um, and like, if you're familiar with the rainbow diet, it's all about diversity <laughs> of color in the sandwich. We all value mm-hmm. diversity. Mm-hmm. So the, the more like rainbow the, the 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 greater the spectrum of the foot long the more <laughs> it will be celebrated and the more you will be re- like seen as someone who celebrates diversity it's actually like wow that's really interesting actually is that why vegetarians are so like annoying are they just doing that for social clout mm, i thought so I, I truly thought so before i met you <laughs> <laughs> The same reason all beer drinkers have denounced brown ale. It's the pursuit of the color <laughs> spectrum. See, see the world more vividly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've never met a beer, a craft beer enjoyer that didn't like talking about it. Same as like mm-hmm. a vegetarian who doesn't like talking about it. You know what I mean? There's, but there's a spectrum there as well. It's like there's some vegetarians who are gonna tell you immediately, and then there's some who is like they can't wait for you to ask. <laughs> Mm, yeah i like to think we know, that i would die there just so you know i like to okay i like to run under the radar i don't want anyone to know for as long as possible because talking about vegetarianism is the same as like being a dog owner eric you just have the exact <laughs> same conversation with everybody every single time you the topic comes up mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. oh how long have you been for what does that mean you eat this or that oh uh, why did you do it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Who cares? It's just food. Do you, do you pick up the shit or do you leave it? <laughs> <laughs> How old's your dog? What breed is it? What's its name? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I was on a, a work meeting today, Ty, and I was like talking about something, and one person went off mute and then started screaming, "Winston, Winston!" No. I was like, what? And then everyone started laughing. And then she said, oh my God, I'm so sorry. My dog just ate something. <laughs> I was like, and then, and then everyone's like, oh my God, please continue. I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck I was saying, but maybe Winston knows. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Winston like, wow. zoom bombed the call. Yeah, derailed the whole meeting. And I was like, you know what? I think Winston's got a point. No one wants to hear what I have to say anyway. Let's just end this meeting. <laughs> You know, imagine someone goes off mute and all you hear is like tomato, a little more pickle. <laughs> uh, can I get a little more pickle? Green peppers. <laughs> oh, yeah, just a little bit more pickle. <laughs> God damn it. Cucumbers. Some meatballs. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good right there. No, just the same. A little bit more mayo. Put, squirt mm-hmm. some more mayo, please. Oh, God. Mm hmm. More mayo, more pickle. Can you put the mayo on the pickle? <laughs> Damn, bolognese are so phallic. 
Bolong are phallic. Um, they're truly twisted things, Ty, but one twisted <laughs> new thing that I want to talk about is this like footlong chip. <laughs> Have you foot seen this thing? Chip. Yeah, I've seen this thing. Cool. So, yeah, yeah. So, Subway official has dropped <laughs> the largest Lay's chip I've ever seen, a collaboration <laughs> with Big Lay's. Mm-hmm. Um, a 12 inch by 2 inch potato chip available exclusively at one random subway in Texas. Unbelievable. It's kind of like, I like to think of that subway location as like Prada Marfa. Mm -hmm. That's literally what I thought. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Cause it's like, it's like, yeah, it's a Prada store, but no, no, no. It's like a week. It's in a weird place in Texas. (laughs) It's like, same thing with this. Like there's gotta be a Prada Marfa exclusive stuff. Right. This chip is exclusive mm-hmm. to Subway Texas. Mm-hmm, the foot chip. So I think the foot chip, Eric, was designed to like go in the sandwich, right? Like it's of the course. same, same square footage. Mm-hmm. So they they clearly Subway clearly either listens to this podcast or acknowledge the grassroots trend of cracking the bagel lays and having the sandwich artist sprinkle it on. Mm-hmm. So I think they're over-engineering this, though, by playing into the chip because first bite of that chip, it's going to crack to pieces and it's going to be just like eating a bag of chips on it anyways. So the R&D on this mm-hmm. is entirely for the buzz buzziness of it, to, the memification <laughs> of the idea. But I don't see it actually being a viable option unless... They ditch the pack. They, all they need to do is they just need to get Lay's in bulk, pour it into a bucket on the line, and offer it as an addition, like an additional saucer vegetable. Do so you want like a handful of crushed up Lay's? <laughs> Interesting take, um, but I do appreciate the whole marketing strategy of it being like a footlong shape because it kind of plays into the whole system systemification of all the ingredients in Subway Thai, you know, we talked about already about how everything kind of like fits together like a little puzzle. Well, this mm-hmm. chip is like just the fucking end cap of all things, you know what I mean? But it makes you wonder, is there a six inch version? Oh, or does the sandwich <laughs> artist like try to snap it in half live mm-hmm. in front of you? You might get wow. a nine inch chip, you might get a three inch chip. Mm-hmm. I think they just hold it in front of you, the user, and then you got to karate chop it in half. <laughs> oh, that boy. could be it. I don't know. I think this is better, but you're right. As soon as you, like, fucking put any sauce on it, it's going to, like, melt. <laughs> oh, any weight at all, really. The act of... Because in order to cut the sandwich in half, the sandwich artist goes through this squishing ritual where they take their elbow <laughs> and they push the sandwich into the table, make it as flat mm-hmm. as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, compressed. That there, would destroy any... burgers. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's smashed burgers and there's compressed Subway sandwiches. It's they're two very different things. It's true. Uh, the compression is great for the density of the chew. You can get more sandwich in your mouth at once, more mm-hmm. down the throat. You can't absorb cal- caloric energy faster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that's true um do you do you hope 
that this innovation makes its way across all subway locations. Are you looking forward to trying this thing? Are we going to use our BlendJet bucks to fly down to Texas and try this thing? That'd be a fun way to use our earnings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Think mm -hmm. Bank has uh, <laughs> is ready to be withdrawn from Ty. How do we use this money? <laughs> yeah, I think we I think we check in, like take the money out the coffer, get into the uh, economy class of South by Southwest Jet. Oh shit! South by Southwest. And Dude, ev everything's big in Texas, and that includes the potato chips. Mm -hmm. I can't think of a better way to use all these millions, Ty, because we could fly there on business class. I, I'm looking forward to that. It's just I, I'm Texas actually has nothing else, to, nothing else to offer except for Joe Rogan. So I don't know if we could even go. <laughs> like, why would we? <laughs> I'm racking my brains rapid fire to think of something else Texas offers, and. I got nothing for you, so you might be the right. I think Texas has some crazy gerrymandering, so I'm pretty sure it's like the uh, like role model for like political, political, questionable political decisions. Dude, I'm already um, snoozing over here, just listening to you talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, let's skip ahead another 45 seconds. <laughs> Actually, Eric, I'd like to retract my comment about. <laughs> crushed chips in a bucket okay <laughs> i'm gonna tell you why i'm, I'm on team big you. chip with you i'm on team big chip and here's why okay i visited have you ever heard of bulk barn bulk barn this gives me flashbacks mm. to my deli days when i picked up a shift at the bulk section <laughs> yeah well it's kind of <laughs> like the bulk section. i don't know if bulk barn is available in america for the american listeners but don't worry, American listeners. I'm pretty sure every grocery store in America operates this way. Um, mm -hmm. Basically, it's an entire store that is just like the bulk section at the grocery store. Buckets upon buckets of different types of seeds, baking products, candies, anything you can buy in bulk, they have it, but in a far larger bucket. And I have never mm -hmm. been to it except for about a week ago, right before I left to Mexico. And bulk wow. barn... It's so interesting, Eric, because it's kind of like Subway. It's just a bunch of buckets filled with different stuff that you could kind of combine <laughs> together if you want to make a snack mix, a candy bowl, a, a, a muffin. Candy bowl. <laughs> Holy fuck, dude. <laughs> That's the most offensive thing you've said to me today, a candy bowl. <laughs> you don't want to make a candy bowl? <laughs> like it's oh Halloween or uh, a house party? Perhaps you're uh, having some friends over tonight for St. Veggie Patty's Day, Patrick Owen's St. Day. St. Veggie Patrick's Day. Wow. Shout out to Patrick, the saint. Mm. <laughs> what a saint. Um, okay, so I go into Bulk Barn. I'm perusing the aisles. I can't remember why I was there, but I can tell you the only thing I left with was some spicy jalapeno Cheetos that I saw. And... Ooh. I was craving a little bit of fuego, so I thought mm -hmm. I would dabble. Uh, I scoop about a few hundred grams of mm -hmm. spicy Cheetos into a bag. I pay for it at the counter by weight. Mm -hmm. I think it cost $1 Canadian. Mm -hmm. And then I go to the vehicle, the same vehicle I'm recording in today, and I take a bite of the Cheeto, and that shit was stale. It was so stale. And I Ooh. thought, 
Of course it's stale. It's just an open-air bucket of Cheetos. This Cheeto could have been here for weeks. What a miss. What a miss. What a miss. Yeah, so dude. Bulk, yeah, bulk yeah, born bulk, strength bulk is also its weakness. And this would be the same fate <laughs> for a bucket full of potato chips on mm-hmm. the line at Subway. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know that the only reason why the bulk section exists is for you to sneak a little bite. So I'm hoping that you walked around sampling all of the different types of Cheetos before you committed to that one. But it sounds like you didn't, because if you had done that, you would have realized how bad they were. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, sampling is so important. This is why Subway needs sampling. (laughs) Like Subway could be a little bit more risky with their selection if they allowed the customer to try before they buy. Mm -hmm. They could bring in some like new ingredients that customers aren't going to just gravitate to unless they have an opportunity to learn about them a little bit, try them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When you said um, like sampling, it reminded me of the story I told you when I went to a deli in New York and I got a sandwich and they you know, give you a little pastrami to try. And I love that. And then it got me thinking, Ty, last episode of The Bachelor, they went to like the, almost the same place and the dude had like a sandwich that was like beef tongue or something. <laughs> and it was like a huge stack of meat. And the guy was like, his face, he's like, I can't believe this bitch brought me here. <laughs> but then he was like, oh, it's pretty good. And I was like, see, he just tried it and he likes it. Subway could offer beef tongue on their menu. <laughs> Damn. I would love to French kiss some cattle at Subway. <laughs> Dude, French kissing cattle is, it's the move, man. Bison tongue, also very good. It's kind of, it's got like a little spongier texture. Um, mm. But it's very good in kind of like a sliced format i would say so really good for sandwiches yeah it kind of sounds like tofu my guy it, so, yeah honestly what, what what's your favorite tongue <laughs> um do, do you have honestly, a favorite tongue yeah i want to say that my favorite tongue is yours ty no homo <laughs> <laughs> i'm well, so happy i get speak. to talk to you twice a week <laughs> Now this tongue can speak uh, barely one language. No hablo espanol, though. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, you can speak the language of podcasting, and I truly think is a different language because we'll, me and you will talk for like an hour before recording, and it doesn't sound like this, I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. You definitely, when I see that blinking red light in the booth, <laughs> I tap into this like feral energy. It's that mm-hmm. same hunger, Eric, that same hunger that triggers inside me when like the words cheese and toasted are the blinking red light of the subway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's like some kind of like primal, like gut reaction when I see that blinking red light. And I got to say my, my blood's boiling right now. And my heartbeat is at 200 and I'm ready to fucking take, give you some takes. <laughs> Dude, that sounds so toasty. Oh, hell yeah, bro. Um, what else are we going to talk about today, Ty? How did you, how did you, uh, escape the cartels? I, I have to know. I couldn't know. Oh, wow. I, <laughs> I actually almost didn't make it out of Mexico in time for this episode. Uh, Aero oh. Mexico. Uh, <laughs> I was supposed to go through Mexico city and, uh, the airline delayed my flight so much that I had a nine minute layover oh, and yeah, there was no way I was going to, Yeah. That's it's not enough time. I can't even build a subway sandwich in nine minutes with the 
how slow the artist's hands move. So you imagine mm-hmm. like how slow the TSA moves. But um, uh, because of that, I was in a position where I was going to be stuck overnight in Mexico City, oh. and which could have been cool. But then I would have been on a flight all day today and I would have missed this podcast. And I couldn't let that happen. I did not want to let you, the breadheads, and you, Eric, my wonderful mm-hmm. co-host, Daniel. So here's what happened. I had met another couple in the security lineup, fellow gringos. They were, turns out they were from my LP's hometown. So we had something in common. They were able to, upon flight delay, make arrangements to get on South by Southwest jet, fly in direct to Vancouver. When they found out about my podcast predicament, they were so lenient. They said, hey, I think they actually were flexing a bit of like parental muscle. They're, they were older and they felt like they needed to care for us. They said, just take our seats. No. And I said, bet. Okay. So they, they took the overnight stay in Mexico city to hop on a flight this morning to come home to Vancouver. And wow. I got to fly nonstop and made it back in time for this epi baby. So the cartels tried to keep me hostage they, they were going to pin me down, but I said, no, I'm jumping this wall at 30,000 feet, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm heading back north. What, what's the weekend song about flying north? Escape from oh. L.A. There's a lyric in there somewhere that I'm thinking about. doesn't matter. Here we doesn't are. Matter. That's amazing. So did you try to just like take their boarding pass <laughs> or like how did that work? Or did you go talk to a, you know, trustworthy Southwest agent? I had a conversation in broken, broken, both broken English and broken Spanish with oh. a check-in associate and my adopted parents at the terminal overheard the conversation, stepped in and did what good parents do, which is they resolved it for me by giving me the seats on their flight. So they just said, hey, here, take this. Here's our boy. Literally. Just have it. Yeah, just just take my ticket. We'll take your shitty ones. Wow. I know, and I'm so grateful for them. I told them yeah. I'd buy them dinner if I ever see them again. <laughs> Perfect. Never will. Um, that's, 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 that's a fascinating story, Ty. Faith and humanity restored, you know? I know, um, I know. That sounds like you could have gotten scammed really easily because <laughs> I'm thinking like, you know, maybe your hotel was legitimate and they were able to take it, but those boarding passes were not. And you could have mm. gotten arrested, Ty, for using a fake boarding pass on a plane. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mexico is a fairly, it's not a lawless society, but it's more of an ask for forgiveness than permission kind of space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of a lawful evil, if you ask me. I don't know if you remember when they stole my sandwich <laughs> when oh, I crossed yeah. the border no, into Mexico. <laughs> dude, airports are lawful evil. They are so oh, yes. lawful and so evil. They are the definition of that term. But Where so, does Subway exactly. fall on the moral axis? <laughs> I think they're like lawful good, probably, or maybe chaotic good. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, but like, I think Mexico in general is just lawful evil because like the cartels are legal. Like they just, they work with the government. And if you like Mm -hmm. try to like step on each other's toes, it's like, it's warfare. (laughs) So it's like, 
they, there's like an understanding there that it's just, you know, this is happening and you're not going to do anything about it. So for sure, it's know. their church and state. <clears throat> exactly. Or, or Subway's mm-hmm. cream based and oil based sauce. Mm-hmm. Trying to make a Both, mix, but yeah. they can mix, but they're two different entities. Yeah, it's the Church of Cocaina. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what else can I tell you about my uh, experiences in Mexico, Eric? I I rode a scooter. Vroom, vroom, a little little. You love investment. renting scooters on vacation. <laughs> scoot, 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 oh, it wasn't yeah. okay. It wasn't a lime scooter. It was an actual electric motorized scooter or something. Yeah, an Italica motorized scooter and. Uh, navigating Mexican roadways comes with its challenges. The biggest challenge is because they don't have any infrastructure in or processes in place to enforce speed. They just add speed bumps every like 50 meters and they don't mark any of them. They call them topes. So <laughs> you're like heading down the road on a scooter and then suddenly turn a corner tope or you go down a hill tope. <laughs> you're like behind a vehicle and then the vehicle just bumps and you're like oh shit a tope and you gotta just hit the brakes on that and hope you don't fly off because if you hit that tope at any speed you're flying you're getting bucked off it like you're at um i got wow. a country bar on the on the bull wow that sucks man <laughs> that really does yeah it does so <laughs> that's shit, i think that's well, why there's so many toned asses on the beach from all the tope bumps Mm, right, they're just getting pounded in the ass, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which category of people was that again? Is that group three? Oh, that was the old gay couples. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Wonderful. So, yeah, dude. I remember when I was in Mexico driving around, there was like a pickup truck of like, looked like a SWAT team. <laughs> They're just, like, in the pickup holding, like, rifles. And I'm like, holy fuck, bro. Like, I do not want to be on either side of this um, drug war in Mexico. It's just it's not something I want to do at all. Um, this was in Cancun. Probably a more, like, busy place compared to where you were. Your, your place sounds more peaceful and nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a love thy neighbor type of town. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not love, as Cancun-y as the Mayan Riviera. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that is true. So where you were, where is that exactly in Mexico without me having to open Google Maps? So I was in the state of Oaxaca. There's so you've probably had Oaxacan food or Oaxacan cheese. It's like the south by southwest corner of Mexico. Oh, yes, I see what you're saying. So it's on the Pacific side of things. Pacific side, correct. Wow, how beautiful. That's really nice. Yeah, so I was in like the opposite side. So I'll yeah. make sense now. How, how I'll be actually, I'll be in Cancun next month. I have to go there for a wedding. So oh, shit, you're I back will. Back to back, baby. So I kept a few yeah. pesos in the Wally to wow. uh, return with round two. It's like the Hangover 2, you know? It won't be wow. as good as the first one, but there'll be some different <laughs> stories to tell. Nice. And your tooth will be fixed by then, hopefully. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> nice. So, Breadheads, I don't know if you caught that, but no episode in a month. <laughs> yeah. We can all take a One month from now, we're taking another month off. Um, awesome, Ty. Well, 
I'm trying to plan some vacations of my own. It's been very difficult because I don't know how much vacation time I have really, you know, when you're podcasting, every minute is billable. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see if I can take some time off this summer and go back to Europe and you know, hopefully give you some stories as well. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that, Eric. I want you to Euro poke around a little bit in some of the uh, Mediterranean countries mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. take the flavors and influences and inspirations of the cuisine there and bring it back to the, the meats and sauces sections of Subway. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Teach me a thing or two. I'll try. I'll try to go back to the roots of the Italian herbs and cheese, mm-hmm. um, figure out exactly what, what they were thinking when they tried to combine herbs and cheese kind of wild if you think about it damn yeah i would love to see the subway test kitchen i bet they have like oh, fuck. real herbs and like a, an actual like wheel of cheese and they're like yeah this is gonna be just like in the stores mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow and then the game of telephone just destroys any idea of what the uh, italian dream is really mm-hmm. horrible i guess horrible 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 I guess to make anything mass marketable, you have to dilute the essence of it down to a, a, a toasted crumb of its former glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. I mean, even the Tex-Mex bread tie. Now that it got me thinking, are they doing like some kind of transition from Italian food to Tex? You know, this footlong chip business is... Uh, Maybe the beginning of the conspiracy theory tie. Or actually the Tex-Mex bread would be in, and this is like a follow-on. Yeah, dude. Subway's really going south, and I mean that literally. It's going Although, south. I didn't see any maxi bread that was reminiscent of the Subway Tex-Mex bread. So I'm <laughs> starting to think the Tex-Mex bread is just Tex bread. There's no Mex there. I don't know where they're getting the Mex from. Mm-hmm. So similar to all of the failed podcasters that are moving to Austin, mm-hmm. <laughs> Subway is also doing the same thing, hoping to revive their career. <laughs> well, I feel like Texas is the only place left in North America that still has an appetite. What do you mean? Everyone else is uh, like slimming up and skimming down on portions. They're, they're like, they eat a side salad in there. Full or, or they have a liquid <laughs> lunch. Just a in this economy, feels- maybe all they can drink is a uh, like a pint of Guinness. You see, but in Texas, an oil rich com- like country, the tech boom is happening there. They, I don't know. They they got a lot going on. Did I just call the country a state? Excuse me. <laughs> I'm riffing. We're riffing here. Oh, buddy. Um, one last thing before we go, Ty. You before you went on your vacation, you very graciously dropped off a jar of pickles at my place. Oh yes, the pickles. And I want to talk to you about these pickles. These were the best pickles I've ever had in my life, Ty. They were so strong. Did they did you leave them too long in the in the pickling juice? Because <laughs> this was this was a kick to the dome. Dude, I know those pickles are intense. The funny thing is, the pickling juice is the juice. You don't you don't change the juices. 
once that jar is sealed, it ain't getting cracked until first pickle touches tongue. <laughs> of course, of course. What I mean by that is like you have to leave it in that uh, mixture that uh, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clearly, I don't do this. You leave it in there for like a month or something, and then it becomes that's what makes it a pickle, right? Right, right. That, so you're that saying month like month time frame, maybe it was, you know, supposed to be three weeks and you did it for six weeks. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So the fermentation fluid, the pickleback water is has been fermenting the the cucumber for too long. Did I lose you there? <laughs> My brother, yeah, you cut out for a good five seconds. That's okay. I never answered your question yet. I was ranting. Um, I was setting myself up. <laughs> yes. I think the average pickling time for a proper cuke is maybe six months, seven months. I don't... D- breadheads are going to, like, annihilate me in the comments. All the, like, pickling hobbyists and pickly, pickling Pinteresters probably have <laughs> a, a more specific answer. And it's probably different per cuke varietal, but... Those ones are we're pushing one year. They're they're an aged pickle. They're like a nice, uh, a nice merlot. So extra rich. Okay. okay. And so is it possible then to leave a pickle in there for too long? Like it'll get like too ju- too juicy. If you can even imagine what that's like. King, what's going on here? Our Weefy's dying. Our Weefy's dying. It's probably you, considering you're hot spotting in the car. Um... <laughs> Dude, I've had five bars this whole time. I think this is um, Anchor's way of telling us that it's time to uh, kick the vegetable bucket. It's possible. I haven't gotten that um, cursed Zoom notification yet that says your connection's unstable. So. Mm. Could be you, Ty. Who knows? But I did notice that if I walk by my microwave (laughs) with my headphones on, it cuts out. It's pretty funny. Yeah, dude. I don't. That's why I don't have a microwave in my house. I do not trust those machines one bit. I hate microwaves. I want to throw mine out. (laughs) Me too. Oh, I did. Yeah, it came with the place. I don't know these these new these brand new high tech uh, smart mini homes <laughs> all have fucking microwaves and i hate them so much but it is what it is Dude, no get rid of it you'll get a, an extra shelf you can put a nice a few wine glasses on it or store pickles there you're right it can become my pickling command center whoa i'll tell you though you once you get rid of your microwave your family members will constantly try to gift you microwaves at like christmases or special occasions because they're like Man doesn't have a microwave. He must need a microwave. I've had to actively reject microwaves being given to me ever since I denounced the wave. Oh, dude, you're, you know exactly what I've been going through then. It's so annoying because this, my old apartment did not have a microwave and I didn't, never needed one. No one needs one. But people are like, what, you don't have one? Like, I have to give you this microwave. And it's like, dude, fuck off. I don't want it. And I had to go through the same thing with an air fryer. People kept wanting to give me air fryers. And I literally had to say, I'm anti-air fryer to them. <laughs> and then they still got us one. And I was like, I I hate this because I have to say thank you, you know?
Uh, you don't have the square footage for an air fryer in your apartment. Neither do I. No one really has enough space for one. That's true. Ty, I think our audio is gone south by subway. So it's time to... <laughs> I think it's time to hit stop. <laughs> yeah. And, it's um, the Wi-Fi equivalent of them playing closing time at the bar. Mm-hmm, exactly. The green beer has run out and it's time for you to take your party elsewhere. I don't care where, you just can't stay here. <laughs> can't podcast here. No. But I will go track exactly. down a different green beer somewhere else. Starting now. Mm-hmm. Me too. Wishing you four leaves clovers of luck. <laughs> I wish you four garlic cloves of luck as well, Eric. And to the breadheads, <laughs> happy festivities. Uh, party smart. Will do. All right, see you later, buddy. Ciao. Ciao.